free like freeberg's you know michael freeberg he's a, yeah. a great bike rider and um always worried about what freebie's doing because uh he's a, he's a sly fox you know <laughs> um and i respect like he's one of my he was one of my idols growing up you know um yeah, and i knew that i needed to um take that single trail first and dictate the pace so that nobody was able to jump me or i could um you know slow it down and then speed it up G'day legends and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast presented by Zwift, our title sponsor. This episode is all about the UCI Gravel World Series. If you haven't heard of this yet, just go to the link below in the description and it'll tell you all about it and link it to the site. But basically, we now have a Gravel World Championship. Now, to become the world champion, you have to qualify for the world championship final, basically. Now, there's 12 events. They're all around the world. We've just had the first event in the Philippines, uh, but they literally are scattered all around the world. And of the 12 uh, World Series qualifiers, one of those events, that's right, one of the 12 is in TPR turf in Nanup in the southwest of WA, which is so sick. So of course, naturally, I had to do an episode about it. Now in WA, this event gets over a thousand competitors and um, it's just a beautiful place to ride in Nanup. And the course itself, you are not allowed to ride this course at any time throughout the year except race day. It is private property. And that's what really adds to the mystique of this course. Now it's 125Ks at about 3,300 meters elevation, and it is all gravel. There's no little 50K segments here, 5K segments here. No, 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 The entire thing is gravel, and it's just amazing. So we've got our guest today. Last year's winner we're going to be chatting to first, Theo Yates. Now, Theo actually used to be a professional cyclist. Uh, He's won a couple of international UCI races as well, riding for the Drapak team. Um, and then, of course, in the second half of this podcast, we're going to talk with the newest, well, he calls it Pioneer, uh, Gravel Pro, whatever their names are, Nathan Haas. Now, he's recently left the World Tour and started turning to the gravel scene. He's now a gravel professional, and he's flying over. In fact, he got here today, and he's racing the event, and he wants to win the World Championship. So he needs to qualify, and he's chosen Nan up to get his first posse, but he's going to be competing in all of them, of course. Um, so we chat with Nathan and hear his thoughts about this race and also about his move to gravel. It's an absolute ripper. So before we get into the episode, a big shout out to Zwift, our title sponsor. In Australia, we've just hit winter time and now the rains are coming. It's getting a little bit colder outside. And even if you are the keenest of winter riders, you can't beat Zwift for continuing your training indoors when the weather's absolute shithouse. Okay, so you can use the seven-day free trial. It's in the description. You can click on that and give it a go because there really is something for everyone. If you just want to ride in bunch rides and and unlock some kit or just live in a fairyland like I do, riding on an S5 in the game, you can do that. Or you can get into the races like the Zwift Racing League that's that's just finished. Um, or you can just sort of ride around with your mates and have meetups. It's just elite. So give it a crack. I promise you, you will like it. And also, make sure you add me on Zwift. I mean, come on, let's build it up. Anyway, legends, let's get into the podcast. Here's Theo, and in the second half, we're going to see Nathan Haas. I want to talk about Seven because um, 
you know, the time I'm, I'm just going to start it from here too. So this is the starting yeah, point. There's, sure. there's no intros. Um, let's start. Yeah, let's start. So seven is not far away, Theo. You're the defending mm. champion and there's lots to talk about. Cool. But yeah, there's lots to talk about. But what I want to know first is what does the actual like race mean to you now considering like you spent like most of your earlier years racing like you know on the road you know it's completely different to what you used to do yeah i mean uh i i never really mountain bike took that in any format uh while i was uh racing on on road bikes but i guess it was a I mean, it's a, it's a very common narrative at the moment that people are finding, you know, other ways of um, the industry itself is finding other ways of riding. And I think the, the emergence of gravel and things like that uh, meant a lot of road riders had a reason to go ride on mountain bike trails. And um, I, I mean, I definitely fell into that uh, when I uh, finished up um, with, with Drapak and um, was definitely just a, another way to get me out on the bike and um i mean off the roads but the the main thing was just to keep the love for the sport i guess um it's always been a it's always it's not a trick on how to motivate the mind but it was definitely made me still happy to ride bikes after you know after racing so heavily um you know at a conti level so yeah it was good that's how that started (laughs) okay well yeah what is it about like riding like those like the gravel roads and Mm. stuff what's appealing about it to you because i remember seeing Um, like you know you kind of had you stopped racing for drag pack and 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 going Mm. after those sort of those races those events and then i would notice you doing heaps of like gravel stuff this is years ago you know and then he went to yeah, did yeah. the the biddy you know tried to do the biddy yeah. record and like yeah, it looked like you focused sort of shift on what you're enjoying and i just wondered what is mm. it about the gravel and that that type of riding oh man i guess um yeah it, it's just being more in that nature environment i guess like uh, to another to another extreme i guess the um being able to see a lot of stuff i hadn't seen before and just essentially um finding out all these places that were so close and i'd literally ridden past them so much on the road and then this whole time on the road and this whole time there's this sick um you know sick piece of trail right next to it and um it definitely that and um just being able to be more 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 on like a, a more technical environment too i think it was a pretty like it's challenging um and the i mean if you talk about like the the ultra stuff like uh, with the biddy and things like that it was a another way of pushing it um and being and then like like again being in being in um in the bush and things like that is is was something that i uh really enjoy and um i found out um found uh, riding down south and uh, on the biddy a lot with um, uh, a lot of my local crew from Rockingham and things like that. And um, essentially, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's another level of te- technicality of bike riding that I hadn't seen before and really, really enjoyed. It's, um, it's thoroughly cathartic. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy feeling to, it's a, a smile on your face. You just can't get off it and it's unexplainable, you know? Yeah, and I guess 
this episode will be really like hit home for the WA viewers, but majority mm. of the viewers, at least, are, are actually over east, and they might be thinking, "Well, wow, how much trails is there to ride?" But you guys don't understand. There is WA is you know <laughs> it's huge, and in yeah. Perth and got a bit of space. Yeah, as you go towards the southwest, there is so many trails. It is ridiculous. And trails that people don't even know of, uh, it's mental. They're endless. They're really endless. And, yeah, this this seven bike race is just, it's insane. It's insane. Now, Theo, you won it last year. It was an awesome finish. The final single track bit, which led into the tarmac finish, and it was you, Michael Freeberg, obviously national champion, uh, 2019, 20. Um, JP Vandermeer, he's over in Belgium racing with Bridge Lane at the moment. Um, Brady was there. Uh, someone else was there as well. But um, do you think, well, do you think you're in the same shape as you were last year? Um, to be honest, it wasn't a very structured lead up. Um, and I feel like this has sort of taken a similar turn. But I mean, I have been out there for the past. I've been out there twice in the last three weeks and yeah. um, and it feels fast. And I feel, I guess, part of that is feeling confident on the course is a big part of, of that race yeah. and knowing what's coming. Um, so maybe, yeah, I guess fitness feels good, but uh, I think having confidence in like tire choice and, and, um, and what's coming next and, um, you know, knowing the course itself and all the lumps and bumps and whatever it throws at you. I think knowing that um, is a big leg up. Yeah. How, how much does, like, how, how much do the technical aspects um, play a part, like just handling, you know, on because mm. so, some of the surfaces, particularly on those downhills, um, yeah. <laughs> it'd be pretty hectic, right? Like, is it a big part, of, at yeah. least in the, like talking about in the front selection? Is it a big part? Yeah. I mean, I'm no mountain biker, don't get me wrong um but <laughs> there's uh it is it gets pretty buck and um yeah it's sort of just a rip and grip situation um yeah. <laughs> and some of the descents are pretty uh are, are pretty gnarly but yeah it does it does take a it's a level of technicality it's crazy because we actually do pretty hit uh pretty fast we, we do go quite fast on some of the descents like over 60k an hour um and, and above on some of the faster sections so stuff's coming a lot quicker but yeah. they've recently just graded the course and um you know some of the sections are, are super fast now yeah, um, right. so it's gonna it's yeah and, and then like i said going back to knowing the course um knowing the course is a big workout like especially um especially out there it's so there's so much there's so much stuff that throws at you um yeah it's good fun Hmm. have you do you know hmm. most of the course this year um i tricky. guess i would it's tricky it's tricky um yeah i've i've been out there and tried to ride as much of it as possible um and all of the sections that uh all of the updated sections um but i just to, to be honest i'm also gonna just upload it and uh just have it there just on the just for safekeeping on the screen so we can um, not get lost. But also <laughs> I think that's a big leg up too. But yeah, I mean, we'll try to ride as much of the, probably the descents as possible, I think. Yeah. Um, they've taken uh, one of the, uh, one of the first descents out because of how dangerous um, really? it was. 
Um, so yeah, it's a um, it's a big leg up knowing the Santos too, you know. But mm. last year, the, the front, the, the split got made on the first descent, so it was just um, no shit, really. Mm, the first descent, yeah. yeah, man. And what did it go down to? What was kind of group of eight? And that's no, it was a, it actually was a group. It was a group of four. No mm. shit. It was a group of four. Yeah, straight off, um, straight down the first because they, and that's the thing. If the people, you know, if you if you knew that you could pedal through it, and um, that was a, you know, that was a defining moment, and that was at the start of the race, so it was just those who you knew know, you could pedal through it were obviously doing yeah. so, but others were on the brakes, hundred meters exactly. back, already exactly. on the brakes, and taking their speed away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and there's like, and there's not too many, I mean, on some sections, there's not too much line selection. So, um, it's uh, not too much line selection. So, you know, people who get uh, caught up behind people. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, you can't. Things like that, you know? Okay. So you're saying if you're on the gravel climb, it's maybe rutted in the middle, there might be two lines? Yeah, exactly. So, and so if you're stuck two, behind. There's only two ways to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, and um, you know that can cause a bit of a bit of chaos, and uh, we're also going quite fast, so it's a um, it's pretty funny because like you almost I remember we were last year we 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 had this little group off the front and we were just laughing because it was just like this is crazy, <laughs> we're going so fast, and uh, yeah, that was like, and that's the that's the coolest part about that whole thing because um sort of question like oh like some people just don't have the right bike or or you know like they've got really bad back pain because they only bought the bike a week before or something like that it's a really good um race to see how many all the stories that people have yeah um but yeah going back to going back to knowing the course yeah definitely um just just wrote a few of the descents um make sure we're all good on those so and like, and I was out there when, when we're doing all this, I'm just out there riding with friends, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, um, it's super chill. It's not, uh, so serious. Yeah. That's it's Yeah. yeah. It's, that's the beauty of it. It's, I think it's the nature yeah. of the race really. Um, mm. or the event event race at the front last mm. year were the Harvey twins on mountain bikes. Um, because I'm trying no, to think I if think anyone in that um, front group were on mountain bikes. Was it mountain bikes? Uh, starring? No, they were both Nana starring the year before rode yeah, a mountain bike. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but he was, he's chilling. He's action man. Yeah. He's, um, he's all good. Um, but the definitely the front composition is made of mainly gravel bikes just because on some of the faster sections, you know, yeah. we've got some people got 44 tooth chain rings. So mm. it's a um, it's a lot higher speed and just a faster bike, you know, as definitely. a whole. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's is the setup is. Do you play around with setups? Like people get pretty technical with all their bikes. It's quite a. It's also part of the fun with the whether you're racing or whether you're just trying to compete. You know, like what do you mm. sort of um, what do you pay attention to? Like, is tire pressure a big thing or more tire width? Oh hell yeah, oh yeah, both. Um. It's a fine, I mean, it's it's quite funny because it's like, it's some, I mean, you're riding these gravel bikes. Um, in some cases, they're quite light and they're riding on pretty bumpy stuff. So, 
it's funny because you know you're trying to make the thing as light and perform as well as possible but at the end of the day you could just hit a pothole and just wreck something yeah um so the uh i think i think yeah tire pressure and and width is pretty important um most definitely as it is with uh with like any off-road stuff but the yeah i've been i play around a little bit hey i, I yeah. like to tinker with things that's just from working in a bike shop i guess that's true. That's an advantage. And what about this? I'm interested. Um, surely you're going to be running a skin suit this year. Oh, so this is a convo I had with um, fellas from work today. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe. You never know. Okay. You never know. There might be something. <laughs> there might be something. <laughs> well, this there is like, be, there's some, there's this some is... prototypes out there that the world, I don't know if they're ready, man. Oh, okay. Okay. This is coming <laughs> out on the, the drive down. Maybe Friday this will come out. So who knows? Yeah, 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 Theo could yeah. be dusting off. Uh... Cycling tips might leak it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Off this podcast. I'll rip this podcast up. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they actually uh, yeah anyway yeah um but yeah i think i'll uh i would say jersey and and, and bib just because I'm, i don't know how i feel about skin suits and gravel races yeah okay all right fair enough but it's a bit, but, a bit uh, too uk cycling <laughs> you know but i think like it's a definitely um like having side pockets is a big thing. They're pretty handy. What you mean um, on the bib like shorts? Pockets. On the bib shorts, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Um, especially because, I mean, the duration of this race, it's going to be, I mean, four and a half, five hours. And or the feeds, um, you know, sometimes you, you don't get a feed and, um, you know, not, not many people are going to be stopping for water or anything like that. So just to carry emergency you know food is is pretty handy and what tools happened, what happened last year was there like a gentleman's agreement to stop at the feed or everyone just chewed on no nah, no stopping yes last year wow because um, you know that's what we, happens um, in the, the the at the front group that you know the the belgian waffle the unbound yeah they do these yeah they say oh yeah they stop at the um, yeah. not in wa man um <laughs> we <laughs> Not in WA, man. Not in WA, mate. Maybe in Kansas, um, but uh... <laughs> no, nah, built different, man. Um, yeah, no, nah, we. Yeah. Uh, I actually dropped two bottles last year, so it was pretty grim Shit. on the waterfront. Shit. Um, and uh, I, uh, yeah. So, but I think I, I ate pretty well. It's like just when your heart's in your mouth, it's always hard to eat. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the, I think, uh, yeah, definitely drinking lots. I've got to rub probably a. I like to, I'm probably going to run some beta fuel in the bottles or something like no that shit. this year. No shit. Yeah. yeah. Are you just like gels that. and mix? Because it's um, bloody hard do... to eat out there, man, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, I've been like uh, uh, my my mentor, uh, Brad Hall. <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> we, when we, when we, uh, when he used to train me lots, uh, he used to train eating a lot, um, yeah. a lot of carbs. Um, and that was built into like the pre-nationals training uh, when yeah. we would do some long motor paces and things like that and um, training the stomach to be able to process the amount of carbs. So I've sort of been doing that to sort of some extent um, leading into these type of things. Um, so I guess there's, um, there's little, 
I have to try and get all these little one percenters because um, I mean, working at the moment, so it's a uh, it's a it's a bit of a work life balance with um getting it all in. But all the little one percenters, man, they add yeah. up, I guess. Yeah, well, mate, skin suit, just saying. <laughs> four and a half, uh, you know, four yeah. and a half hours. Yeah. It's uh, anyway, yeah. What what about this? You've mm. um, what do you think about Nathan Haas coming and racing? It's pretty cool because I think in the in the years yeah. to come, uh, and everyone listening, this one it's more and more of those privateer gravel professionals, which more of them will more, more pros or pros will yeah, it's great. will turn to gravel, and they will come to this event. And what do you think about Nathan turning up? Obviously, used to ride. Oh man, it's um any exposure for the race is 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 great in that sense. Um, getting yeah. getting some bigger names um down from that up, man. That's yeah. uh as much hype as we can create for the race. And obviously he's a good bike rider, so um uh, really looking forward to seeing you know seeing that too. Like it's a um it's just funny because we've got a lot of we've got a lot of we've got a lot of good bike riders here in WA. And yep. um, yep. it's good when every time, you know, you get, you get some new, you know, some new people coming in and, um, mm. you know, racing with us, it's always a good gauge of where we sit in the world. So yeah. it's, yeah. Um, and having people and having people like that um, come and, and more hopefully in the future is going to be good. Um, but yeah, it's only really, it's really good for the race. I think yeah. it's going to give it some more exposure to, like you said, those type of riders who are, um, you know, coming um, out of the world tour and uh, into into the gravel space, um, especially you know, like uh, over in America, it's quite big. We've got a um, yeah. a rider uh, that rides uh, pedal mafia, Isabella King. Um, uh, King is she's mm-hmm. uh, she's riding a lot of gravel over there at the moment, and all that that gravel series that they have in America. Sure. So that's really huge there, and then getting. Um, you know, hopefully we can get those guys over here too. Yeah. Did she do the um, Belgian waffle ride weekend? Yeah, she did. She Poor. did. She had a bad stack though. Hey. Oh shit. Um, she had a really bad stack. She got like staples in her arm. But oh, I think she's got shit. six. I think so. Mate, they had proper yeah. single track in that race, man. It looked hectic. <laughs> it looked it looked pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those are the riders that come over here, man, and race and race seven and yeah. It's such a leveler, exactly. you know, like Haas, obviously mm. super rider. He's raced on the world tour and actually, you know, rode the front of some bike races. Um, yeah. But he's going to come to Nana. He hasn't ridden Nana before. Like you said, sections where you're pedaling through, he's going to be like, fuck, this is pretty sketchy, man. I'm, you know, I don't even know what's around yeah. the corner here. So, yeah, I mean, I think like those guys have like at that level, you've, you've experienced a lot. And, um, definitely though like it any course is like if you haven't ridden it before it's definitely it's an unknown right hmm. so uh but yeah i'm really looking forward to it man it's gonna be yeah. fun it will be fun i wonder i mean i can just kind of see in the in the background there on the tv you've got the highlights of last year's when you're coming over the line um and sc- multiple screenshots just in the background <laughs> but uh, no. boomerang. <laughs> yeah boomerang if you come across the line but obviously um you know the, the pm boys made that really nice video i'll put it in the in the links um i think it shows the the actual race at its best light that that video that was made um uh, by the crew but yeah so cool to have dylan. footage yeah dylan what an absolute gun um mm. i wasn't sure if it was dylan shout out video. to dill 
Mate. Big shout out to my guy, Dill. Yeah, it was a bit of magic, wasn't it? Just in the dark room, headphones on. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Um, but to yeah. have a finish like that, did you did you watch it a few times? I would have watched it a few yeah, times. Yeah, I did. Hey, um, but it was just, I think, more like the reaction, like seeing the reaction of all the fellas yeah, at the finish line. Mitch too, and all those guys. Is, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I, I actually had a, what I always really laugh about is I had a puncture um, and I had, um, and I'd lost air and I probably had like, I reckon 10 PSI on my back tire for the last 20K. No shit. And I was just nursing and I was nursing that and there was sealant coming out of it. And the, in the, you can't really see it too well in the video, but the, you can just see the back tire just going doing, 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 doing. <laughs> oh shit. And, uh, <laughs> And that's probably the funniest thing I found about that video. But yeah, yeah. it's good. It's um, it was a really good video, and um, I uh, now the guys did really well with that. Yeah, and it was that, good to have everyone there. Yeah, man, hundred percent. Um, that finish. Um, yeah. can you just explain awesome. like because I'm hoping to get a little bit of footage because obviously the press room podcast is there being in WA and I'm commentating, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. want to know. I want to hopefully set up a, some sort of camera or FaceTime footage or something, mm-hmm. a single track section mm-hmm. before the finish. But can you explain Root. what happened that last sort of two Ks for you in that finish? Because I mean, we've only seen the finish line footage. You've told me before, but just how that last two mm. K played. Yeah. Um, I mean, we come off, there was a lot of moves towards, towards the finish. Um, everyone was, everyone was just so spent. Yeah. And uh, Freebie, I think, had crashed. I'd crashed in the last 10k. Oh shit! Um, on a on one of these on on a pretty on one of the one of the descents on one of the corners. Freebie had just crashed before me. Everyone had had a bingle <laughs> that day, and uh, I so I was picking myself up, and I was just on adrenaline. But I guess the finish it, it comes to. There's a couple of rolling um, climbs into the finish, and then it comes into a, a quite a, a long rolling descent. Um, down old Cardinal Road, yeah. um, and and I knew that obviously the race finished on or went through for the last kilometer the Munnambidi, and that's obviously just a single trail, yeah. um, and it's quite in some sections overgrown, so you can only fit one person down that. And I knew that was for the last K, and that I wanted to ride that on the front. And uh, so coming off that last rolling descent into the single track, made sure that I took that corner first yeah um it's about a kilometer out give or take um and uh and i knew that i was going to ride the front there and riding the front during that section um you know had brady uh jp and and freeberg free like freeberg's you know michael freeberg he's a, a great bike rider and um always worried about what freebie's doing because uh He's a sly fox, you know, um, and I respect. Like he's one of my, he was one of my idols growing up, you know. Um, yeah, and I knew that I needed to um, take that single trail first and dictate the pace so that nobody was able to jump me, or I could, um, you know, slow it down and then speed it up. So as you come into the finish, you cross a road, and then you and then you cross sort of a section of railway sleepers, and then it comes up onto a walk bridge. So as it opened up onto the road section, I made sure to slow it down coming to the road and then speed it back up 
So then I knew nobody could pass me as the road opened up. So just making sure I was dictating the pace, I managed to hold that, that sort of on and off pace and dictated and moved from side to side on the sections um, and managed to take it all the way to the bridge. And um, as we got to the bridge, um, it's all where we're going quite fast now. And as we came off uh, into the finish, I slowed it down coming off the bridge. So then everybody gets jammed up onto the wheel and then we speed up again. Yeah. And then coming into the final corner, um, sort of just kicked. Yeah, man. Sort of. And, and then that was, and that was it because um, everybody sort of was just waiting, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think everybody's a bit tired mentally and physically. So it's just to go all out, you know? And, and, and that was and that was it. Yeah, managed to just get a, a good gap in those first couple of pedal strokes. So yeah, and then there's no more road um, left. Yeah, that's it. There was no more road left, and the barrier was really close. <laughs> yeah, the barrier was fucking close. Yeah, the barrier was very close. So um, no, it was good, man. And I was yeah. like, uh, I think, like knowing that section again, once again, knowing that finish, yeah. like yeah. when you're tired too, knowing how to negotiate it. I think. Mm. Like I've already gone and went like try to get that section, try to get that comp so many times um, in the last in the last month. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's fast, it's fast. You can go really fast down there. Hey, I think um, mm. that's it's been. Um, I think it's been wide. Yeah, it's been wider. Neil's went out there. I think yesterday and um, got the whipper slipper out. And I think there's room oh, for he? two. Yeah, I think there's room for two, mate. You uh, sent me before and after photos. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you're gonna either have you can dictate yeah. the pace, but you're gonna need 80 centimeter mountain bike bars. Yeah, <laughs> just full steam Dang roller. It. Dang it. <laughs> you can you can fit three size 38 bars through that gap. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh um, mate, hey, well, um, thanks for yeah. uh, discussing, you know, the race with us. It's cool hearing it from last year's winner. Um, and who knows, mate, you could go back to back in twenty twenty two for the first World Series qualifier first year. Yeah, it's a um, hey, it's, it's, have, a weird, it's a weird thing. If you win and yeah. or you qualify, are you interested in doing the World Series or the championship? Yeah, yeah, why not? I think um, I, I, it would be, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm working full-time at, at Pedal Mafia making products there now. So I think yeah. my, my priorities um, in life have changed a little bit. But, man, most definitely if that's, a, Good opportunity, if that's an man. opportunity, I um, yep. would definitely take that up for sure. Yeah, sick. I don't know where it is. I think it's in Spain. The last one is in Spain. Uh, uh, doesn't matter where it is. We'll go. World Championships, mate. Yeah, fucking oath. We'll go. Yeah. You and me, mate. Why not? They need someone to call it. Um, and maybe even like, you know, you're brush up on your Spanish. (laughs) See. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, this is cool. (laughs) I hope everyone's laughing in the car right now. They've just crashed on the fucking highway. No, touch wood. Um, yeah, man. Well, that's awesome. Right. Thanks, Theo Yates. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jet. And um, thanks, man. yeah, I'll see you down there. Big thanks to Theo for dropping into the press room podcast and giving us a little chat about the seven gravel race this Sunday. The reigning champ. Can he go back to back? 
Last year, he held off Michael Freeberg. What's he going to be like this year? And what about our next guest, who is just on the other side of this, Nathan Haas? Can Nathan Haas, in his debut at seven, in his debut at the UCI Gravel World Series, can he take home the crown? I guess we'll see. And also, I'll be commentating this race. So look out on the Press Room Podcast socials, uh, which, of course, is Instagram mainly, because uh, I'll be posting some videos and uh, a little bit of content from the day. It's going to be pretty sick. All right, legends, let's jump to Nathan and hear his thoughts about seven. Yeah, kicking in Cottesloe right now in this cute little Airbnb. Um, brought me a gorgeous breakfast this morning, actually. And uh, even the instant coffee tasted pretty good. So either it's the jet lag or she did something special. But yeah, my, my sister's... Uh, she moved from the east coast a few years ago uh, to Perth and um, consequently also didn't get to see her for the last two and a half years or my niece and nephew so nice little rendezvous last night and um, that was an extra little bonus to, to coming to the race was getting to see family for a few days yeah that's definitely a good little bonus and of course, today we're uh, we're talking about seven, which is the the second round of the the UCI World Gravel Series, and it's super exciting for everyone here uh, in WA because uh, Nanup is just it's such a good place to ride um, to ride on the road or to ride um, on the gravel, and of course, seven being the second gravel race is um, well, it's coming up this Sunday. So, uh, Nathan, this is is this your first like I guess big gravel race since sort of turning uh to to a gravel professional or so i suppose yeah well i'll start off by agreeing with you that it's awesome that the race is kicking off in western australia and whilst it's the second uci world cup i'm saying it's the first real one the one in the philippines was um quite a small event and um i don't think the level of competition was super high there whereas this year i know all of Australia's best gravel riders are kicking across to it, and and that's sort of what um, inspired me to come over was the fact that you know it's the first of the big World Cups, and being Australian and kind of being out gravel wholeheartedly, like you know I can't not be there for it. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Um, but in terms of my first big gravel race, I've, I've done some really cool ones over in Europe, um, and my calendar this year chock loaded with stuff over in the United States. But, um, yeah, this is the first World Cup that I'll be at. So, you know, for me, it's also pretty exciting to actually come across to my first first challenge in gravel. And, uh, you know, it, it's pretty funny when um, when you compare it to a full-time road season. You know, we normally start our first big race you know, in the national championships early January, whereas the gravel season actually in earnest doesn't really start until until now. There's, there's been a few races in the United States, but... Um, my, my focus is on the, the second half of the year racing in the United States, so it's, it's been a long time waiting to actually get to my first big race, so I'm, I'm really stoked for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Nathan, you're just one of like, you just add to the list of some of the professionals that have been in Nanup in Margaret River region in the southwest West Australia, um, just off the top of my head, because we've got the Tour of Margaret River, which is a road event, um, our biggest road event, and often pre-COVID, we had riders come over and ride for like guest ride for teams and so we've had um or oh, like jess allen luke durbridge annamie glenn vluton um mariana voss uh pauline ruckenvarkas i don't know how to say her last name she actually raced on my team that was pretty cool 
Um, and like a whole host of um, professionals like Michael Storer, Ben O'Connor, they've won Taronga River, and now we've got Nathan Haas for the gravel event. So it's just, it's cool that um, yeah, just old Southwest Australia is, is getting some great, um, yeah, some great riders. But have you, with regards to the course, um, for those who are not living in WA, most of you live on the East Coast in terms of the listeners, it's 125 kilometres three and about three and a half thousand meters of elevation and it's all on private property uh this course you can't just go and ride this on the weekend it's only open for one day so nathan have you had a chance to kind of just sort of look at the route i suppose and maybe like have you done any scouting online well well, actually uh yes and no my my best attempt so far to be speak to some uh, Western Australian locals. I was speaking with Zach Williams, oh, a yes. cycling photographer, who's a, a good friend of mine. Yes. Uh, he did the event last year, and, and he was telling me about it. And he, I mean, he's a he's solid, solid guy. But um, even if he speaks on half truths about the, the difficulty of climbs, that's pretty hard course. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm super excited for the hardness of it. I think um, you know a lot of the gravel races around the world there. They're hard to even call them gravel because uh, you know they're, they're flat and um, essentially just on big road. But I hear that this course actually at some points is quite technical, and um, that sort of falls into my favour a lot because I love the technical side of of gravel. You know, I'm an ex mountain biker from you know even before road. So for me, the more technical, the better, and and it also just makes the races more exciting. So um, I also just hopped off a phone call with Stephen Gallagher, the uh, the race director. Um, and yeah, he sort of talked me through the course because uh, you know I got to choose my tires and I got to choose my gear ratio. So there's, there's a whole lot of stuff to think about in gravel racing. It's um, uh, you know new to me because you know past I've had panics to everything for me, so now I actually have to be uh, a little bit more self-sufficient and actually think about things, not just the morning of the race. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a that's a, probably a, a disadvantage that you have coming into this event, <laughs> as opposed to the, some of the strong locals and Aussie guys here. They've a lot of the guys who are, who are in the who are going to be in that top group of six or seven that you'll find yourself in, um, Nathan. They've ridden it, raced it like four, five times. They might have done every edition. I think this is the sixth or fifth or sixth edition. So they do have an, a better idea of what's coming. But I wondered with your setup, did you bring like well, I don't know, did you travel with sort of different cassettes, a couple of different tyre options, or you have you got like some contacts to get that here? Uh, no, so I've, I've brought everything with me. So I have a, a big bag of spare parts. Um, basically every part that's on my bike I've got a spare off just in case. Uh, but that's sort of the gravel pioneering style, right? Mm. Uh, You've got to be self-sufficient and, you know, let's say I get down to Nanak, uh, it's a four-hour drive to Perth to get a spare part, so better to have it with you but um yeah also tire tire choice i've got a few different options and um, I, I use campagnolo um the eckhart gravel set which is like 13 speed on the back but one by on the front so the the big decision you actually just have to make every day is which chainring to use so um given there's so much climbing i've got the my sort of climbing ring on and, um you know, just hope that there's uh, enough cadence in my legs to keep up on the downhills. You know, if guys run a you know a, a bigger chainring setup and manage to get over the climbs at the same time, but um, you know, ultimately, I think gravel comes down to just having good legs and and not puncturing. So I think the 
the, the reality of all these decisions is it's, um, you know, if you've got good legs, you'll be there anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, I was talking with Theo. He's going to be in this podcast as well. Um, and he said uh, Theo Yates won. I don't know, you might have raced with Theo um, back in the I think, draft I think I days. Have it at domestic level. Yeah, um, yeah, do, yeah. I know he races road internationally a little bit, but I don't think our paths have crossed on um, any UCI races. But I definitely think either at some of the NRS back in the day or things like Bay Crits and Nationals, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You would have. Um, but he was I saying. Definitely know his face, and I know he can. I know he's a fast bike rider, so he's, he's definitely one of the guys I'll be checking out. Yeah. Well, he was saying just in the last like ten or fifteen k of last year's event. Michael Freeberg, um, himself, JP Vandermeer, and um, oh, someone else in that front group of five or six that finished, they all binned it in the last 15K and then, um, you know, each are able to get back on just because the course was, you know, uh, a little bit hectic. But I wondered, just with the tyre choice and stuff, like, uh, I'm fairly new to the gravel scene, although I do follow it um, religiously, like, how important are the tyres in a race like these? Oh, I mean, it's it's massive. You know, if you look at a race like Unbound in the United States, the, mm. it's all about just trying to not get a flat tyre. Uh, you know, the the road is so shaly and chopped up and kind of dangerous that uh, um, you're kind of nursing your tyres. Think about it a little bit like, um, you know, NASCAR race, that you can always push harder but every time you push harder, you're kind of sacrificing um, your tire or putting your tire at risk. So it's it's all about sort of risk calculation about where you can go hard and where you should maybe just hold back on the gravel. But in saying that as well, um, you know, if it's a technical course, you need to have grip. Uh, but grip means friction; it can slow you down on the bike. So it's all about thinking about exactly which tire might suit the course the most. Um, and if you're technically good, you can maybe get away with having a bit less traction. Or if it's uh, a course that actually predominantly is going to come down to getting through the technical parts fast, um, then you need to choose something with a bit more traction or a bit more tire width. And then um, choosing tire pressure is sort of like the next, huh. the next critical point that um, people often get wrong. People always go way too hard and, and crash out on the gravel bike. Um, and people are too scared to run too soft because they think it's going to slow them down. But um, my thinking always is it's uh, it's better to have grip and not crash. But um, then again, uh, we'll see how it goes once we get racing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I really like your analogy with the tyres. Um, that's any F1 fan or yeah, NASCAR fan will, will understand that uh, sentiment of saving your tyres or not putting them at risk, um, pushing them. But uh, you, your bike, obviously, you've... you've um, uh, I guess being self-sufficient, the gravel professional, that sort of um, world which is expanding, you get to choose your own equipment and you've worked, obviously raced in the World Tour for so long and you've come across different partners and, and sponsors that have sponsored the teams you've been on and um, obviously you've chosen Colnago for your, your bike uh, setup and I wanted to know, um, how does the bike go? You've probably had, what, you've had a few... I guess half a year or so to, to ride on it, maybe longer. How does it go, and is it a lightweight setup? Like, tell us about it. Yeah, you know, when you're on a World Tour team, you, well, at least from the outside, you always think that the World Tour guys are going to be on the best equipment. But, you know, it's always this sort of um, tipping point between the teams getting enough funding to actually run their team for the year. Um, and choosing the best equipment that they can get and and normally the 
there's an inverse relationship between the best equipment and teams being able to get the most amount of money. Um, as you can imagine, inferior products often have to pay more um, for a team to use it. So, uh, you know, I would say nearly every year on my um, professional career, I was always unhappy with, you know, a few things on my bike setup. Um, and, you know, some years as well, you just don't shit equipment. And it, it's really upsetting when you're going to a race and you feel like you're not on something that, you know, is super competitive. So mm. the nice thing about being like a, a pioneer was I really got to kind of pick and choose and, uh, you know, I, I basically just called up the companies that I enjoy using the most during my career mm. and said, guys, I've got a project. Do you want to get on board? And because gravel's just exploded right now, they were, um, the, the uptake of interest was awesome from the start and, wow. and I really kind of got to pick and choose. And, um, you know, I was speaking with Colin Nagra and they've just got such an exciting program of what they're doing with the company over the next four to five years. And um, Gravel's going to be a huge part of their um, sort of developing project that they're building at the moment. So going with Colnago is a start, you know, super obvious point for me. And um, I've been riding with the Eckar Gravel uh, from Campac the last few years as well. And if anyone's used um, disc brakes on Eckar, uh, they'll know that these brakes are just like all another level. And wow. having that much control with your braking for me is just like, it's it's unbelievable how much better my skills are on on anything else. So that that was sort of like the obvious one. And then uh, you know Castelli Clothing, you know I worked with them way back in 2012. Yeah. First joined, and uh, we've got a really fun project where we're actually designing five different bikes and five different kits um, together throughout the season. So cool. the one I'm here is kit number one, which is going to be the kit that I'm using for all of the World Cups. Sick. But then for special events um like unbound which is coming up soon yeah really exciting thing going on so it's, it's also a bit of a fun sort of design project and, and just being behind the wheel of um design is also really fun but um when it comes to tires the for me anyway what what i've been riding racing on is that nothing beat warriors in terms of grip and okay. puncture resistance so yeah. um i called them up and, and linked up with them straight away so you know, all, all of the partners that I've got, um, you know, including Physique, um, for Battles and, and Bartek and Shoes, you know, they, these are all companies that, they were kind of my dream hit list um, hmm. when I raised things. So, you know, for me, it's been, it's been a little bit of a experience building my dream bike from the ground up. And, uh, you know, racing it, it's, it's, it's such a beast. Like, this bike is just so much fun and it's so playful on the descent. Um, you know, weight for a gravel bike is much less of a consideration than it is for the road. And hmm. same with aerodynamics. You know, ultimately, you know, you want to keep the weight down, but at the same time, you want a bike that can get to the finish line without having problems and making it a little bit more durable or using a type that's, um, you know, maybe you're choosing for different races, even the same type of heavier sidewall casing just to make sure you can get finished. Hmm. And then, you know, if you look at what you're doing for these long races, you're carrying so many bottles and so many spares and so many CO2 canisters that, you know, half a kilo here or there's really not like the rate limiting factor um, of being able to win the race or not. Um, and then same with aerodynamics, you know, you're winning most of the gravel races at an average speed of you know, 25 to 28k an hour. Um, so, you know, you're, you fight with the, you fight with the wind at that speed versus averaging 42 or up to up towards 50k an hour on the road it's a 
So um, the bikes are designed much more to be playful and super, super responsive actually off-road as opposed to just wanting to be as fast as they can in a straight line. And um, I think you know, the, the aesthetic of a gravel bike is, is pretty cool just in and off its own. But, um, you know, I've been able to kind of design these different paint jobs throughout throughout the season and, and I think it looks pretty cool if I, if I yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um, good answers I mean you're basically just playing sims aren't you with the bike um, you, you put in the mother load uh, code and got unlimited money and um, <laughs> lol and built the best setup and that's funny with the equipment you know Nathan you might be on the team like say on the world tour you might have a team that's got say the best bike sponsor let's say I don't know, for a, they got Colnago, but then maybe they've got a rubbish wheel supplier or uh, their tyre supplier sucks. So you've got like, yeah, you're on the fastest frame or lightest frame, but then your wheel sponsor lets you down or something like that. So you've got the ability to choose the best sponsors, that, that um, the best suppliers um, that you, you, you've you identified, and I think that's really cool. And I'm super excited to see the bike in the flesh too um, because... I haven't seen it, the, the Conago, the gravel bike yet, and um, yeah, it's going to be pretty sick on the line. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I would just like to note, um, you know, for everyone listening, that you know, I feel obviously very privileged that I'm in a situation that, um, you know, I've I've been able to be in touch with the company, and you know, everyone's been excited to support me. So you know, grooming my building my green bike also, you know, it's it's a huge luxury to be able to do so, and I feel very fortunate. Um, but on but on the other hand, it is it is quite a fun thing when um, you are in a world tour team, and, and like you said, you might have the best bike, um, but your components suck, or um, you know you have super fast wheels, but you have tires that uh, you know grip like shit on carpet, and it's just you know it's um it's it's quite a funny thing when when you know that the best equipment out there exists, but you just haven't ever been able to put it all together. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been at the game for quite a long time now. In the world to go for ten, and um, on the road in mountain years before that, and, and I, I can honestly say that this is the first time I'm actually on my dream bike. So it's oh. it, it, it's quite cool, and uh, you know I, I pinch myself every time I'm on it. But in saying that, everyone's dream bike is a little bit different, and um, you know some people have a different group sets, or wheels, or different frames. But um, at least for me, this definitely feels like my dream bike, and. But more importantly than the bike, I'm just really excited to actually go to finally the World Cups are upon us mm. and I get to ride it as hard as I can and actually test myself, um, you know, against uh, the best around the world on gravel. Yeah. To see where, see where things lay, the race are over this season. And, um, you know, my, my passion and love for gravel is just infinite. Um, but also just see where I actually fit in, you know, and of gravel because... Uh, you know, it is a different discipline, and just because you were good on the road doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be good at gravel racing. Mm. Um, and uh, the other thing I know about racing in Australia is people are hardcore here. And you know, I, I remember always coming back, even though you know I started with the NRS, and um, you know I won most of the NRS races that existed in my time. It's all changed a lot since then. Um, you know, the NRS has sort of morphed into. Um, a completely different set of tours to what I used to do but um, I used to always find that you know when I came back in my off season and did the criteriums and then you know things like Bay Creek mm. I was just I'm just always blown away by the general level of 
of riding in Australia is just so high. Um, you know, people, people are taking yeah, the sport super seriously, which is so important. And, and I think the grassroots level of every form of cycling in Australia is to be, I think, leaps and bounds over most countries around the world. And I think in the future, gravel riders from Australia are going to play like a really big part in the overall global um, positioning of who who are the good gravel riders around the world. Um, so for me, I'm also excited just to see what the level is here and, um, you know, see if I can't encourage a few of the other people that I meet um, at this event to come across to North America or to or to Europe to actually take on some of these big hitters this year and next. Mm. Mm, yeah absolutely um that would be really cool and yeah you're right the australian scene um for cycling across all disciplines has just exploded and it's pretty evident with the nrs system and just the australian professionals that are doing very well here are actually starting to go across to europe and perform straight away ruby roseman gannon obviously sarah giganti won on the road yesterday that was insane um luke plapp and then jensen plowrights all those guys popping off in the in the NRS, um, it just shows that the level of Australia is um, super high and the gravel scene as well um, is really going off. But uh, one last one, uh, Nath, um, going to beautiful Nanup. Um, actually, it just reminded me, last year, I think the last two years, there's a guy, a friend of mine called um, Stu Passmore. You might have heard of him before, um, but he runs bike shop down in Albany, uh, Passmore Cycles. But he's done seven the last two years on a TCR with 25 mil tires. <laughs> and I just want you to think about that later because um, it's just ridiculous that you could ride on that. But uh, <laughs> I wondered, what are you most excited about for this Sunday? What excites you the most? Oh, that's a good question. I think maybe watching our friend, uh, you know, try to take on some of these descends on 25 mil tires. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure, make sure I give him a few wheels gap in between, just in case. Um, oh, yeah, I think that's actually a good question. I haven't put too much thought into what I'm most excited about. I think, mm. uh, to be honest, I'm I'm just at the core of who I am. I, I love racing bikes, and uh, you know, I've, I've really had to wait a while this season for the season to start. And um, you know, I really just want to see where I am in terms of fitness and and uh, and everything. But I think. Um, you know, I've done a lot of gravel races around the world now, and uh, the vibe is just awesome. And mm. everywhere around the world, the vibe is just a little bit different. You know, racing in Italy, it's very, uh, you know, th- there's this huge connection to, to off-road riding um, in, in Italy with Strada Bianchi and kind of, you know, the history of all the road racing starting actually on the dirt, you know, before they had roads. And then you've got the gravel racing, um, you know, which is sort of just like this big crazy shit fight where everyone just takes their fitness like so seriously but at the end of it everyone's just drinking beers and eating ham and you know the feed zones actually have like a ham hock they're like cutting cutting ham off like as you're coming past and it's like the only the only thing i would like to eat less at 40 degrees in the sun than ham is like nothing you know the ham zone imagine doing it um and then you know in north america it's just like you know feels like everyone might actually be um you know smoking some reefer before the races because everyone's so chill but cool so i actually think the thing i'm most excited about is to see what what gravel racing is like in australia just for the for the vibe of the event Mm. to see how uh see how um you know the energy is here because 
I think every continent does things a little bit differently. Biking and, and in gravel, that's no different. So let's let's bring it on, Nanip. Show me what you got. <laughs> that's so sick. Nice. Well, um, yeah, thanks, Nate. That's great. Thanks for your time today. And um, everyone's going to be just chewing this up on the drive down to Nanup tomorrow um, morning when this is on. Um, but uh, what are you going down? I'm heading down tomorrow morning cool. um, with uh, some people from the organization that have been nice enough to, um, to help me out while I'm here just in terms of logistics because uh, you know, I've already come a pretty long way for a bike race. And uh, they, they were just so stoked that I... Um, was keen to come to the race and they've made it made it really easy for me to be here so um you know even though even even from the get-go here the, the vibe for gravel racing in australia is super welcoming and inclusive and, and i think if if anyone's listening to um to the podcast and isn't actually coming to the gravel race or, or hasn't had much experience in gravel yet i think um you know my biggest takeaway from gravel all around the world and, and australia feels no different at this point is that it's really not an exclusive sport. It doesn't matter what bike you're on. It doesn't matter what clothes you're wearing. It just matters that you turn up and want to have as much fun and um, enjoy the event as much as possible. And gravel's a very inclusive form of cycling. So if you're looking to dip your toes into cycling for the first time or have fallen out of love with it um, for whatever reason, uh, definitely check out gravel or a, a local gravel event and um see what it's all about i think it's a really healthy way for people to be riding bikes together experiencing nature and the events sure we race them but at the end of the day um you know we're all participating in the same course and the same event and and i think that sort of shared spirit that we're in a mass start event um really shows itself at the end of the day when everyone's having a drink together at the end talking about how their day was and and i can tell you the person who wins has probably less fun than the person who's just uh dead of participate for you know their first time on a bike it's it really is an inclusive event that's magic mate that is magic that really sums up cycling for me personally and i'm sure so many out there and there's a thousand plus people on the start line on sunday which is just insane yeah the front 50 might race it um and but yeah you're right <laughs> the, the person who wins will probably have less fun but that's awesome um i'll see uh i'll probably see you um i'm not sure if you're going to the if you're invited to the the like the team, you know, like the organisation team dinner on Saturday night, uh, it might just be for staff people. But um, if not, I'll see you on on Sunday because uh, I'm doing the commentary um, there. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So um, I will see you in the flesh. Yeah, not, man. Ju- not just through a really horrible attempt at trying to connect on computer today, but for everyone listening, we had. About, what do you reckon half an hour of trying to get on a, <laughs> <somehow> today <laughs> yeah man we did teams we did zoom now we're on the whatsapp and i'm just looking at your profile picture which is a cat yeah yeah that's uh, that's my cat sausage he's, uh, <laughs> he's a dude <laughs> oh that's gold sausage not handing him out in spain that's for sure no man he's a he's a big british black cat that now lives in spain so he's um yeah he's he's a dude he loves bikes. You know, cool. Legend. All right, Nathan, I'll, um, I'll see you on the weekend, bro. Thanks for the call. No worries, man. Catch you later. Bye-bye. All 
Hi Legends, that's another episode of the Press Room Podcast, done and dusted. Big thanks to Theo and Nathan for coming on the pod and chatting about the seven gravel race, which is only two days away. So exciting. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to leave a review or rate it on you know, Spotify, Google, Apple. It makes a big difference. Um, follow me on um, Instagram at The Press Room Podcast. And yeah, just tell a mate about it if they haven't heard about The Press Room Potty. Uh, with that, I'll let you know that there is um, there's a couple episodes left of season two, maybe to the end of the Giro, Giro d'Italia, and then we'll have a little bit of a break as we're building up for season three, which is including the World Championships daily podcast series. That's right, really building up to that. And of course, there's going to be a couple of sick episodes in between. All right, legends, thanks for listening, and I'll see you again on the next one.